When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. I'm going to get up for this one. D-Wade's all in my way. That was amazing. And that was the call on TNT. He jumped over Shaq and put his elbow in the rim. Insane. (laughs) He did the Vince Carter dunk, but with Shaq involved. Insanity. And that is exactly why I love NBA All-Star Weekend. You guys asked me last week why I like NBA All-Star Weekend. And these skills competitions across the board in sports, they show you because you watch the games all the time, and that becomes routine, that becomes ho-hum. Yeah, these guys are very good basketball players. Let's turn on the TV and watch them. But when you see guys do stuff like that, or see Jason Tatum hit a half-court shot with no time left on the clock to win the skills challenge, you go, oh, yeah, okay, no, this isn't just routine. These guys are freaks of nature and a different species than the rest of us. I found NBA All-Star Weekend very entertaining. I don't know about the rest of you guys. Judd, did you when you tweeted on Saturday night that the dunk contest has jumped the shark, was that before or after some dude put his whole elbow in the rim after jumping over Shaq? I think it was after. Did you see that dunk, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was at the bar. I, I was tr- trying to watch um, the Lightning Canadians game at, I think at the same time. I was on Twitter when when you sent out yeah. that tweet. I think it was after the guy, and this was god-awful, the, the se- the airplane? from the setup to the execution, and I don't even remember who the guy was. trying. Collins, to, right? Yeah, Collins. That's right. <laughs> trying to jump over a model airplane with a bunch of guys pretending to be the Tuskegee Airmen just standing out there yeah. in the lane for no reason. That was one of the worst ideas I've ever seen in a dunk contest. But there are going to be duds every year in the slam dunk contest. That's just part of it. It had potential until he took the goggles off. So if, if you're going to go through the whole thing and bring a model airplane to the center of the, of the lane, you're going to jump over it. You can't take the goggles off before you do it because, well, oh, they're kind of uncomfortable. He Dude, obviously you got to did, commit to the bit. He obviously didn't think this through because he couldn't get comfortable with the, the leather helmet, I guess you would call it, that he was trying to wear, like the old school pilots with the leather helmet and the yeah. goggles and the scarf. He couldn't get comfortable enough 
to attempt the dunk doing that. So at the end, he took off everything except the scarf. But shouldn't you know that going in? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't well thought out. Like, he clearly didn't rehearse but, it. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't try it, you shouldn't do it the first time in the contest. Right. Okay. Exactly. You also can't jump through the airplane like he did. You have to jump over it. <laughs> yeah, when he did it, I was like, the airplane. Yeah. I was like, okay, if you hit this, what's next? You're going to jump over a ship in a bottle? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> so you jumped over a model airplane, dude. Good for you. But overall, I thought I thought NBA All-Star weekend was very entertaining, all, and including last night's game. Yeah. I enjoyed that game for four quarters. What was it? Was it was it Steph Curry with the bounce the towering bounce that was pass? So ridiculous. That was so ridiculous. I mean, Giannis, I think Giannis's hand literally went above the backboard. Oh, it when, did when he peaked. Yeah, that was nuts. I want to see him in a slam dunk contest. And I don't know if you guys saw it today. Donovan Mitchell tweeted. Well, Giannis tweeted uh, something like, "Should I do it next year? Should I do slam dunk contest next year?" And Donovan Mitchell, who won last year, he said, "If you're there, I'm there." And that is something I okay. Will, I will put down money to see Donovan Mitchell against Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you can get the stars like that back, I'm much more intrigued. That's the thing is, if you're going to have guys who are the creme de la creme of the league do it, I'm probably intrigued and, and will watch. I'm just tired of watching guys who I'm like, okay, you barely play or you play sometimes but not a, a lot. If you're going to have home run contests or slam dunk contests and you've got the best players doing it, I'm much more likely to watch that than I am to say, well, it's just a dunk contest, so watch. And I, I think it's it's crime that LeBron hasn't done it yet. I don't know if you guys have ever had the privilege of watching LeBron warm up for games. It is insane. Like, it's it's a trick shot contest, a slam dunk contest, all rolled into one. I mean, some of the dunks that this dude pulls off just routinely and casually in practice or in warm-ups before a game are as good, if not better, than a lot of the stuff that you see in the slam dunk. And contest. now I think I, I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could hold his own in a dunk contest. But as you get to be 34, 35 years old, his his peak would have been ten years ago to compete in the dunk contest. And I wonder if ten because he was I, ten years ago before he went to Miami, and even his time in Miami for a couple of years, he was a really insecure guy, and it played out publicly. Right. And I think he's I think he's a lot more self assured now. My feeling is he was so afraid to not win. He was so afraid that he wouldn't be Michael Jordan and he wouldn't live up to Kobe Bryant and Vince Carter and what all those guys did in the dunk contest that he just decided I'm 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 going to opt out. You're I'm probably too right cool for school. You're probably right about that. But speaking of great slam dunk contest, I I there's something I need to to fight you about, Phil Mackey. Fight. Yeah. Fight. I must break you. Fight. So last week on the show you said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing here, so correct me if I'm mischaracterizing you, Mr. Mr. Mackey, sure. that for as great as Michael Jordan was to watch in those slam dunk contests when he was in his prime in like the mid to late 80s, well, his prime as far as slam dunk contests go, in the mid to late 80s, you said that as great as that was, when you watch him compared to some of these guys and some of the stuff that they do in the slam dunk contest, now and since Michael Jordan participated, looking back on it, that stuff wasn't as impressive athletically as yes. as, now, as we thought it was. Now, to clarify, yeah. I stand by I stand by that paraphrase okay. version. Now, to okay. clarify, I said I didn't single out Michael Jordan. I meant the dunks of the era. Okay, but Michael Jordan is included, and I stand by it. Even after you sent the video of Michael Jordan's dunks, because I stand by it even more. I watched the video and I stand by it even more. I think sports. I think it was Sports Center. Tweeted out a a highlight of every single dunk Michael Jordan performed 
in a slam dunk contest. And when Phil said that last week, a part of me wanted to jump out of my chair and, and ring over this console and ring his neck. Like, are you crazy? He's Michael Jordan. He's the greatest of all time. And part of me was like, part of me was like, he's your boss. He probably can't do that. And the other part of me was like, yeah, well, it's ma- good for content. It doesn't really matter what the, the other part, <laughs> the other part was like, well, maybe he's right. I don't remember every dunk Michael you Jordan unsure. had in the slam dunk contest. So maybe he's right. So I sat here and bit my tongue. And then I watched this <laughs> highlight reel over the weekend. Yep. And Michael Jordan is every bit. As athletic and as impressive. Agreed, agreed with the athletic part. So what is it exactly about these guys that's, that's any better than what MJ was doing? Michael Jordan. First of all, where are the mascots? Where are Shaq? Yeah, okay, see, where's, right. the, where's the Kia? But second so the of all. the gimmicks? You did the gimmicks? Listen, Michael Jordan. Point Rami so far. If you put Michael Jordan in this era, Michael Jordan would have had the athleticism. He would have had the, the, the dunk contest IQ and entertainment awareness. He, Michael Jordan, if you would have transported 1987 Michael Jordan into right now, he would dominate dunk contests in his, if he was in his prime years, okay? The problem is you don't know what you don't know when you're in the infancy stages of dunk contests. Michael Jordan was Alexander Graham Bell inventing the telephone, okay? <laughs> Zach Levine is, the is Steve Jobs inventing the iPhone. <laughs> So I'm showing you guys right now on the screen, and you can t- commentate for the listener. Here's Michael Jordan in dunk contest, and he goes up, and he moves the ball around, and he's and he's very silky smooth, and he's jumping to the top of the backboard. Okay, He almost hits his head on the backboard on of literally course. every dunk where he's oh, coming from sure. the baseline. Yep. He has to move his head and contort to not smash his head nice. and shoulders into the backboard. Now, here is the 2006 slam dunk contest between Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon. I'm just going to I'm just going to show this to you guys so you can watch. Okay. okay. On loop. I'm going Jordan so far. Well, explain to the audience what you're watching there. Uh Gordon just went uh, like a 180 between the legs. Like, yeah. Yeah, Michael Jordan never did that in a dunk contest. He never went between the legs. No, but Of when, course. I'm just talking I'm talking about the lift, the athleticism, and the entertainment value of Michael Jordan compared to guys today. He's every bit that those guys did. And last week, you talked about the dunk where Aaron Gordon went over the magic mascot. Okay, explain what that dunk was, please. That was Zach Levine going behind the back and baseline and reverse and and like win. Jordan could have done that. Oh, he could have. Alexander Graham Bell could have put a screen on the phone if he wanted to. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm sorry, but but once we get into props, I'm out. What do you mean? mean I would actually eliminate props. No mascots. No shack. No cars. You know what? There would be no there be no dunk contest. Just go do dunks. But what can you possibly like? It's, are you going to take off from the three point line? Is that what's going to be next? You do what you can do. And and Mr. Mackey, I will contend this. You said that no, oh, any everybody's going from the free throw line now, and they were watching Zach Levine go from the three for three free throw line. As I say this, but what, and did what? By the way, went between his legs and did a windmill. No, that was from, just that was just a regular. Wait for it from, from the free throw line. Um, Mascot. MJ, what, what set his free throw dunk apart from other free throw dunks, and he did it a few times at slam dunk contest, but the one that's iconic and is essentially the Jumpman logo, he goes up and he pumps the ball out in front of him and then brings it back. So it's like even with his head, neck, and shoulders, and he dunks it from there. He goes from the free throw line and dunks it with it next to his head, neck, and shoulders, where most guys, including Zach Levine and the dunk you're about to show me, they go from the free throw line, and they have to extend their full arm to reach the rim and get the ball in the hoop. Michael actually jumped 
past the rim and dunked it when his head was even with the rim. And that's and that's all well and cute. Okay, that's great. It's amazing. Zach Levine jumped over the Philly fanatic and put the ball <laughs> behind his back. Sorry. So you're just talking about gimmicks and props. <laughs> that's what's missing. And that dunk right there, which you referenced last week, where uh, Aaron Gordon, I'm sorry, Aaron a- Gordon. Aaron Gordon essentially was in a seated position in midair, and one of the dunks. That you see Michael Jordan doing that highlight reel that I tweeted out at Rami is tweeting. If you want to give me a follow, I'm entertaining. Um, his body is essentially in the same in the same in the same uh, configuration. Only he doesn't put the ball under his legs. So here's an, this is Zach Levine from the free throw line doing a full a full windmill uh-huh. from the same spot Michael Jordan took off, from. and then reaching out way in front of his body and barely reaching the rim. Where MJ's head was yeah, basically even the with rim the rim. More. You got to attack that rim. More. MJ's head was basically even with the rim when he put it in. That's a whole. That's a whole. <laughs> the level of difficulty on that is 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 insane. It's insane. The lift, the 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 vert that it takes to do that, the the and the broad jump that it takes to do that all in one is insanity. I and, love, uh, but I love how the argument here in at, at its core is: Listen, Alexander Graham Bell could have put emojis in those phones. He just. Listen, he just came along too early. No, but I'm with Judd. I don't need the gimmicks. I don't need the props. No I don't need the mascots. Year. Jumping over Shaq, that was cool. Um, and Vince, the one slam dunk contest that I will say impressed me more than any single slam dunk contest that Michael Jordan ever did, although his slam dunk contest resume is greater because Vince only had the one, when Vince Carter won the slam dunk contest. Yeah. I can't remember the year. I want to say it was 99. Somewhere in there. And that was the, he was the original put your whole arm in the hoop and hang by your elbow. It was, and it was him and Tracy McGrady going at it in the finals, which was amazing. Right. But imagine if he did those dunks dressed up like the Suns gorilla. Okay. <laughs> Come, Come on. on. Come well, on. Rami's, Rami's appreciation and love of NBA All Star Weekend it. to me is I admirable. It. I love it. I do. It re- I'm, I, I don't watch the Rising I'm Stars game, and I don't watch the Celebrity game, but all the skills challenges, yeah. three-point contest, dunk contest, the skills challenge, the game itself, I love it. And Meek Mill was insanely good last night in the pregame intros. I feel like it's rare, and I appreciate this with Rami, and I'm more of like a fair-weather, all-star weekend kind of a guy. I enjoyed some of it. But it's rare that you come across, Judd, someone who is this diehard of a fan of All-Star Weekends these days. So. Because like I, I know, said, most it, of us hate them. Don't, doesn't, doesn't, it, doesn't it open your eyes when you see this stuff? And like I said, it makes you go, oh, okay, oh yeah, no, that's, I'm not the same as, I'm not. <laughs> that's, that's, actually, there are different You needed Saturday night to know that, you know, I can't, yeah, I can't do that. No, but like, we I, see, like, I can only put my whole arm in the room. We watch the game night in and night out and watching the game and see these guys do these amazing things that they do becomes routine. It becomes ho-hum until you see it on that stage and see them and see them in the spotlight solo doing things that like, a fraction of a percent of human beings on this planet could possibly You are a man-child. I am. I, am. I appreciate that. Really word of advice, though, to dunk contest participants, if it doesn't work the first three tries, bail. I don't even think Go they try should something get three else. tries. Like, why are you trying to jump over Dwayne Wade for the eighth time? Okay? <laughs> After somebody just jumped Good over God. Shaq. Yeah, right. Dude, you're, it's already not impressive. Right. <laughs> but, and if I'm Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, I'm out. I, I ain't doing that no, three Dwayne times. Wade was like, all right, I'd be like, enough is enough. No, no, no. And what I was D-Wade wearing? That jacket, it looked like he just killed it and put it over his shoulders. Can I Real quick, before we hit this break, um, I have a suggestion to make the slam dunk contest even better, though. When you get to the finals... And it's down to two guys. You go to like a horse format. 
So if a guy lands a dunk, the other guy has to match it. Oh. And then he gets a chance to do his own dunk. And as soon as somebody can't match the other guy, they lose. I like it. So there's no judges' scores anymore. No. And you don't even have H O R S E. You just have when one guy can't do what the other guy did, yeah. we have our winner. I like it. You like Problem that, solver. That's really good. Yeah. I like that. And you only get one shot at it, too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. All this show does is solve dilemmas and problems. It's true. Thanks, Jonathan. If you want to if you want to debate any of us on Antonio Brown, whether the Vikings should or shouldn't explore a trade for him, or whether Michael Jordan would have <laughs> defeated Zach Levine in a dunk contest. Six five one six four six rushed him. Eight two five five. Six five one six four six eight two five five if you're listening live. If you're listening on demand, we appreciate it. And uh, we can't. In fact, we should do this later on the segment here. We should uh, we should go back and read some of the, obs- the the favorite random Minnesota athletes the people commented on our Apple review page. Definitely want to hear this because there's some hilarious ones. So remind me if I forget before the end of the segment here to pull that up on the phone. But just to piggyback off that last segment, Robert chimes in at Score North on Twitter S K O R North. Rami is right. Phil, not so much. And really, Alexander Graham Bell is less impressive because emojis. <laughs> hey, he's got a point. Listen, if uh, if Alexander Only Graham I thought Bell, of the emoji. if he would have put a screen on it, he would have been Zach Levine. And many, many would argue that the smartphone <laughs> has actually made us uh, dig- uh, regress as a society, much like these stupid mascots and props and gimmicks in the slam dunk contest <laughs> okay. have made us regress so there's as a, a, society. a societal parallel there yeah. between the dunk Absolutely. contest and yep. the mascot humans. yeah sort of like that. <laughs> exactly all right fair enough um you know this this came hot off the presses earlier today and it's just something that we can't ignore i want to mock i want to mock gentlemen it's a mel kuiper 2.0. Oh, oh, oh. A 2.0 Mel Kuyper mock draft on ESPN.com. The standard. He starts it off by saying, A lot has happened since my first 2019 mock draft in mid-January. Does he say what has happened? Because I can't think of a lot that has happened. Well, the Patriots, the Patriots are uh, Super Bowl winners, mm-hmm. and so the draft order is set. Okay. So that happened. Okay. We've seen the nation's best prospects perform against each other at the Senior Bowl. And that's a telltale oh, game, how too. How could you forget that, mm. Rami? Mm. Those guys are going all out for right. that game. Yeah, for sure. Shame on you. And Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray has spurned baseball and committed now that, to playing that football. That is a significant development. I'll give him that. So here is, based on all those things happening, Mel Kuyper's first round mock draft 2.0. McShay already has done a 2.0. Ooh. So McShay is leading the pace yes. in his mock drafts. Okay? Number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals, Nick Bosa, defensive end Ohio State. That's still the same. Number two to the you remember Mel Kuyper's first round? I think Bosa is pretty much a, a, a top most list. Okay. Uh, number two, Josh Allen, the linebacker from Kentucky to the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going to skip ahead here and get to some juicy picks. Give me Num- a quarterback. All right, number six overall to the Giants. Quarterback Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins. Okay. We have, let's see. Oh, no more quarterbacks in the top ten. Mel Kuyper, not in love with the quarterbacks. Kyler Murray is the next quarterback off the board to the Miami Dolphins at number 13. Very interesting. And then he has Drew Locke, quarterback Missouri, going 15 to the Washington Redskins and to the Minnesota Vikings. Can I stop you for one second before you get to that? Yeah. Kyler Murray being that low at number 13 makes Judd's dream of him being available at number 18 
kind of feasible. Or like you, when when we were talking about that, get them? Is that what you're telling me? I, I mean, maybe. When, Especially if you have the three best wide receivers in the NFL on your roster. Because I mean, as great as Mel Kiper and all these mock drafters are at what they do, like they're they're. It's not an exact science. So when he says he'll get oh. taken at 13, that's probably with a margin of error of five or six picks. What this did you a, think? This is a great point. And, and you don't have that second round pick to give Pittsburgh for Brown because you, you're going to include it in the trade to go up and get Kyler Murray. So I'm size. I can't do that. Oh, okay. Because right. I just traded my second round pick to the Dolphins because now I'm going to take my quarterback of the future. No, I'm saying he might be available at 18. If he's at 13 in Mike, Mel Kuyper's mock draft... Oh, I thought you were saying go up and get him because no. it's, you can move up five spots. I'm saying if he's at 13 in Mel Kuyper's mock draft, it's not gotcha. it's not okay. that far out of the realm of possibility that he's still available at 18, is it? No, it's not. And if he gets to 13, it's a little bit like when the Chiefs saw that Patrick Mahomes yes. fell right. further into the top 10, and they said, all right, we're 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 trading. That was reckless. That was good. Thank you. Reckless speculation. Appreciate it. Segment within a segment there. Mm-hmm. And according to Mel Kuyper's 2.0 mock draft... Going to number 18, Minnesota Vikings. Select Jonah Williams, offensive lineman, Alabama. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. All right, here's the explanation. Minnesota continues to be linked with offensive linemen in this draft as free agent signing Kirk Cousins was under heavy pressure in 2018 behind a makeshift offensive line. With the Vikings giving up their second and third round picks to acquire Antonio Brown in a trade, they have to draft. Oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't in there. The team, <laughs> the team could address the position in free agency and still have a need. Williams, who made 43 straight starts at tackle for Alabama, could move inside to guard. He is large, six foot five, 301 pounds. Doesn't have the long arms that NFL teams Uh-oh. like for their left tackles, Uh-oh. but could be in the league guard. So he's got Tyrannosaurus Rex arms, oh, no. but that's okay when you play guard. I want to mock! Mock! I want to mock! Mock! Now that is a change from 1.0. <laughs> Who did he have Mel taking 1.0, 1.0, which I have gone and found, had the Vikings also addressing the offensive line, but in this case, they were taking offensive tackle from Ole Miss, Greg Little. It said, there's a case to be made that Little is the best true left tackle in this class. So I don't know where he's got him, where he's got this guy going. I just closed it out, too. Okay, but, you know, he's going to have a 3.0. And 2.0. And a 4.0 and a 5.0. When's, when's McShay's next one? It's got to be pretty soon here, right? Because there's got to be a, a competition for Todd to stay a, I don't know, the, a few steps ahead of Mel. The combine starts in a week. If you're a professional mocker, you're probably not going to come out with one the week leading up to the combine, right? You're going to so. sit on. Or what if you came out with a, a pre-combine one and then quickly followed up with a post-combine one? I don't know. That's the, clickbait right there. Yeah, I guess I guess you could, but doesn't seem to make. A lot we'd of read sense them both. Oh, we'd make entire segments out of them. Probably would. I mean, Good. who else would do that? <laughs> hey, Judd, we we had on the rundown to do a little Judd State of the Wild segment in the four o'clock. We actually have a caller right now who wants to ask you a wild question. So okay, so six five one six four six eight two five five. Mike in Bloomington, go uh, ahead, Mike. When Phil just said professional mocker, it brought me back to my childhood days. <laughs> Wait, were you a professional mocker? Yes, I was a great mocker, and I got punched many times for it. I want to mock! Mock! <laughs> I want to mock! Mock! I'm a little bit of an older guy, so I'm not that great on the computer, 
Um, maybe Jonathan can Google machine it. Do the Wild own a new NHL record of being the first team to lose three straight home games when the team they played played the previous day? Yeah, it's sort of hard to do, and congratulations to them. They did it. I, I, I was just, at all I three of them. Imagine, I can't imagine that's ever been done before. Uh, it takes some It takes some um, elite skill, let's say that, to be that bad. And also, uh, welcome, Rami, and uh, I think you're going to take home that Oscar on Sunday night. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> I worked hard on that. My portrayal of Freddie Mercury was just money, just on the money. Dude, how did you squeeze into those tight white pants? You don't want to know. <laughs> this is a wonderful thing called CGI. It took surgery. Nope, no, no CGI. Our guy Rami, I will never make a fat joke again. <laughs> After some guy on Twitter got all over no, me. No, don't let him stop you. And for I, fat shaming Rami. And I, I said, dude, I'm not in shape either. And he's like, I, will there be an apology on Monday's show? No, there won't. To which you then had to respond. I don't, it, I don't require an apology. So, so on Friday, every Friday, we do write that down at 5 o'clock. And we, we live stream it on video. And this whole being on video thing is 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 somewhat new to me on a regular basis. So things that I picked up on in my first few appearances at scorenorth.com or on Twitter at scorenorth is that I have horrible posture and bad things happen to my body when I sit down. I'm like <laughs> I'm like an accordion. Like everything just scrunches to the middle when I sit down and I I look at least 30 pounds heavier than I actually am than I actually am when I'm sitting down versus standing up and I pointed it out. I'm the one who said it and then stood for the remainder of the segment. Judd just jumped on the bandwagon and somebody accused Judd of fat shaming me on the show on Friday. Yep. Just in case that's how you took it out there in Radioland, um I grew up and I'm still friends with a circle of guys who we say the most awful, most insulting, no-holds-barred things to each other that we can possibly say all in all in the interest of good fun. And as a stand-up comedian, and I'll be at 12 Eyes Brewing this Wednesday in St. Paul, headlining a show out there. Come out and check it out. Details, details on my Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram page. Um, I do roasts where, for fun, me and another person will find the weakest spots of each other whether and whether that's physical personality financial your mom emotional what, emotional <laughs> like your girlfriend who dumped you like there's literally no limits no holds barred in a roast and we will exploit those facets of each other for a good time so nothing that Judd or Mackie is going to say to me weekdays 4 to 6 <laughs> is going to be worse or no offense to you guys funnier than what those people have said about me in the interest of a good time. I'm all right, y'all. There's no fat shaming here. Everything's good. We're all friends. Settle down. Judd, I think it was uh, Judd who fat shamed Russ Archambault this morning in a brainstorm session for... Well, you fat shamed a former Gopher basketball player from 20 years ago, just completely randomly. You did. You're like, oh, by the way, he's fat now. Like, yeah, so, yeah. For no uh, reason, just like, boom, he's well, fat. Why is it for no reason? Actually, I have the video right here. Hold on, let me pull it up here. I'm just going to play this next to it. This is a uh, this is our cluster fun from today. Yes, we are going to unveil a series of brackets in March. One of them being the grittiest Minnesota athletes of all time. And we had a brainstorming session this morning. Who did you fat shame though? Let's see here. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I know. Who was it? Chad Colander. Oh, Chad Colander. Here it is. Here it is. 
running back according to Pro Football Road. Jim Shikajansky from back in, in the day. Chan Colander, who's now fat. <laughs> and maybe he's lost no weight since I saw him last. And maybe he's lost like, weight since I saw him last. Hey, as a guy who Chad packs Colander, on pounds, who's now fat. as a guy who packs on pounds myself, I've got no problem. It's not like I'm in great shape. <laughs> I go up and down. Maybe Chad's lost weight. I don't know. It's been a while. It was some reunion thing so that the golfers put on. Speaking of random Minnesota athletes, so on, I, on, I think it was Thursday or. Friday, Friday show last week, and we asked you guys, the listeners, it, it was specific to Apple, so I'm getting these off Apple. If you listen to us on demand or you subscribe to us, thank you. If you don't, please do subscribe to us anywhere you find podcasts. You can download uh, pretty much anywhere, any third-party app or the Score North mobile app is always a good place to start. But these are on Apple, and we asked people, give us a five-star review and also list in the review slash comment section your favorite obscure or random Minnesota athlete. I'm just going to read through some of these. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys comment as you will. All right. Uh, Judbot's return says twins Sam Deduno. Sam Deduno, who drove uh, an Aston Martin and had no idea how to reach the pedals. Like, <laughs> like his stuff moved all over the map and had no couldn't see over the steering wheel. Mark Blunt for the Wolves. Vikings Marcus McCauley. Oh yeah, third round pick. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Someone uh, comments as Kirby Puckett. Two Minnesota athletes come to mind. James Hollywood Robinson from the mid-90s Timberwolves. Once I think that dude once hit six or seven threes in a game with Kevin Harlan calling play-by-play. Played for Portland, right? Before the Wolves? Yes. And Luis Rodriguez, scrappy middle infielder. Remember that guy? Vaguely. Yeah. Um, Man, there's a couple more. There's like a bunch that have just come in here the last couple days. This guy actually took his time. This guy took time out of his day to give us two stars and said, "If you like hearing the same sound bites every day to a point of nauseam, then this is the podcast for you." <laughs> okay. Hey, two stars. I want a mock. That's two stars we didn't have before, buddy. Exactly right? So right. Thank you. And uh, let me see here. Timberwolf. This guy says uh, NDL ninety one says Keith McLeod as a Timberwolf. Remember Keith McLeod? No. He was like a third-string point guard. No, I have no recollection of Keith McLeod. When Cassell was injured, I think this is maybe the year after they went to... The Western Conference Finals? Somewhere in oh, there. I got, no, I don't remember him at all. Senior Markle says Boof Bonzer is his oh, favorite. I love the name. I don't athlete. remember him at all, but I love that name. Part of the yeah. great Giants-Twins trade. Yeah. Boof Bonzer is a legend more so because when the Twins used to have, when the stadium was new and they had regular marriage proposals... Between the fifth and sixth innings, there was every game there would be a marriage proposal. Every game, every game oh, for like the first obnoxious. two years. Yeah, Ugh. and some dude in the top row of one of the three hundred sections out in the outfield, so just sitting as far away as possible, gets on camera wearing a Boof Bonzer Oakland A's jersey, and proceeds to start jamming a ring on his girlfriend's finger against her will. She's staring at him like, "Don't do this! Don't do this!" <laughs> And he's jamming the ring with a boof. Bo- he's got flip flops and a boof bonzer A's jersey, and she's just sitting there, emotionless, staring at him. <laughs> with Did a that make YouTube ever? I don't think so. Oh, I'd love to see I don't that. Think so, but it's etched in my brain. <laughs> Every time I see a what a marriage proposal gone wrong at a sporting event, I just assume it's staged. I don't know about you guys. I I'm just, skeptical a lot right? of times. Yes. Yeah, there, there was one, was it at a Knicks game a couple of years ago? There was one that made ESPN and got shown a ton of times. I thought it was at the Garden. Yeah. But it was, I I was with you. At first I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, oh, this is just all fake. Well, if it's if there's a clear punchline, 
if someone gets hit in the face with a pie and they're wearing a opposing Fun team mascot? jersey, right. okay, that's if staged. crunch comes down and puts a pie in your face. Yeah. But if it's <laughs> if it's not funny and it's just uncomfortable, it's probably not staged. And that's the most entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Those are the most entertaining ones. It's not cheap. It's costly. What to be rejected Pro- and to propose on camera at, at a stadium? I think the twins charge like one fifty. Oh, they, they charge you for that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. It was it, it like start, one fifty. It, it started right? at seventy five way back like in two thousand ten, yeah. and then I think the price kept going up because yeah. because supply and demand. People kept wanting to propose at Target Field, Can and you, like these poor women, they're usually just sitting there like, "Why is this happening? This is oh, my I, worst I, nightmare." I'm with them completely too. <laughs> like I love sports, but to me, really. At a baseball game, at a sporting event, that's really where you're going to do this. I'd be like, I would never ever marry you. The whole you are a loser. The whole prospect of of proposing now in in the in the digital age has just gotten so ridiculous. Like some of the some of the proposals that you see on Facebook and Twitter, it's like, dude, what are you doing to the rest of us? <laughs> like I can I can't the do worst that. now. The, the worst thing now, the gender reveal. Oh, that's a huge oh, thing. Oh, I hate the gender reveal. They are reveal. the absolute worst. Find out when you find out. <laughs> Be surprised for once. Element of surprise. Do you want the doctor down there with like a blue water balloon? <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap with Royce here in just a second. Let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard, where uh, you can find, if you go to the website right now, you can find some fantastic deals on pre-owned Toyotas. Some of the most durable vehicles in the world are Toyotas. There's a reason why 80% of Toyotas that were on the road 20 years ago are still on the road today. It's the combination of durability and service departments like the one I've been going to for a long time. 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, again, is the uh, the cross section. But how about this? A 2016 Toyota Corolla with 80,000 miles on it going for just $11,995. Now, that thing has all kinds of bells and whistles. Technology, uh, you, can, you can connect your phone to the car system uh, very easily. Reverse cam and all kinds of safety features. And you can probably drive that thing for another 200,000 miles, too. Again, it's 694 Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. We are Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. Thank you, Jonathan. And right now on the all-new ScoreNorth.com, formerly 1500ESPN.com, now SKORNorth.com. I guess you could go to 1500ESPN.com. It'll just redirect you, but it's up to you, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can find daily content in written audio and video form from Derek Wetmore down in Fort Myers. And also Matthew Collar's Future of the Vikings series available at scorenorth.com. And a debate between Judd and Matthew on whether the Vikings should trade for Antonio Brown. Pat, where do you stand on that? Uh, yeah, let's improve our best position. Let's worry about that one. Huh? Let's spend a lot of resources worrying about the best position you got on your team. That's It makes a lot of sense. Uh, so you and Judd are both wrong. That's, that's good. Uh, yeah, I tried, Pat. I I tried <laughs> to help these guys, but it's it's. He's a complete pain in the ass. You know, he's a me or Antonio Brown. More Antonio Brown. Oh, okay, both. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Yeah, but uh, you know, that's that's it's silly. But you know, I'm still kind of wondering whether we should bring Adrian Peterson back or not. So I'm still fixated <laughs> on, that, on that hot. That hot talker, that one's got me. Uh, that one's got me fired. So, 
Pat, I think you would be proud of me. Uh, we had Thad Levine on the uh, Touch of Mall show today, the Twins GM, yeah. and the first thing I said to him, this is my first conversation I ever had with Thad Levine, I said, is Williams Astadino going to make this roster, or am I boycotting the 2019 Minnesota Twins? <laughs> well, he went deep. You know, they had live batting practice today, and they do it different. They don't have a screen, at least on the main field. There's no screen. The guy that pitching his throws, he throws his pitches, and the guy, they got a catcher, and this guy's up there hacking. That's the Bundelli theory, anyway. And uh, Willie went deep off Brios and deep off Trevor Bay, way back both of them. He's now adding power to his, uh, his speed game, which we saw last year. Did he flip his bat and use it as a telescope in celebration? <laughs> Nor did he kneel down on one knee and watch it. Uh, watch it. Uh, there's a conflict, by the way. I was telling Jeff this today. Whether, uh, if, you know, when Willie did that in uh, when he Went down his one knee. The next game, they hit him in the ribs. But there's a conflict between he and uh, Stu Clyburn. Stu Clyburn was the pitching coach on the other team as to whether they threw at his head before they threw at his ribs. Uh, Stu said that uh, he, he didn't. Uh, he, he didn't think that happened. But uh, uh, Willa Willens gave me the sign, you know, with the ball going by his head. So. They were bad at him. They uh, their team uh, was upsetting the league champions in the in the playoffs. And Ostadio's home run beat one game five, and then he had a couple more hits in game six. So they were in the ninth inning, and uh, the underdogs, Willie's underdogs, were going to win the game, and they threw at him a couple of times. So anyway, why why wouldn't it. they they use a screen, Patrick? Do you know? Seems weird to me not to use a screen. I don't. I would have to ask him. I did not stick around for the ball deli. I just saw him throwing. Interesting. And uh, and uh, I saw Perez throwing, and then I saw Mel also made a note that they did not use the screen all day. I did see him. It looked very unusual, but it was like live batting practice. It looked yeah. just like a regular okay. old game. But isn't that probably just because, I mean, hitting – Hitting through an L screen, and it's—I think it's probably just to simulate real conditions as much as possible. Yeah, it seemed kind of early to rush into that. I mean, this is like the first day of full workouts. You know, I don't know how to ask somebody. Maybe some one of their tacticians has come up with this that this works better. I or maybe it's Baldelli's theory. I haven't—I did not ask him. I just noticed it, and then I saw that that was reiterated by other people that that continued throughout the day. I saw Martin Perez throwing. And uh, it looked like, and, and I was surprised that there was no screen or anything. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, tomorrow I will ask Manager Baldelli what, why, why that is. Now, Pat, I know that in years past, when you've been on a nice run and you've uh, you've lost a couple pounds, you've always known within a pound or two how much weight you've lost. As like, You're on a mission, you're there to lose weight, and you know how much weight you've lost. I'm not buying that Miguel Sano, what he told reporters, he doesn't know how much he weighs. Uh, I think he knows how much he weighs, but I don't think he wants to admit how much he weighed last year. Okay. That's why, that's why I don't think he's done. He's 268, I'd say. little under 270. Okay. But it's a good... It's a good 270, I can tell you. It's uh, it's not a Healthy? floppy. It's not 
not a floppy two seventy. There's some muscle. This I was saying this uh, on the highly rated podcast today. Uh, Phil, this is a huge man. This is a left tackle. This guy's built like a left tackle across the back, and uh, he's never going to see you know all the people who want him to weigh two fifty. He's not going to ever weigh two fifty unless he gets some terrible disease. Okay. So uh, it's, uh, he's he's not going to weigh two fifty. If he if you can keep him at two sixty five, two seventy, uh, that's as good as you can do. So so it's, uh, pancreatic pancreatic good. cancer could get him down to two fifty. Yeah, you're could saying get him down there. Yeah, okay. I could get him down there, and we could all be happy, I guess. So and anyway, but uh, uh, it, you know he's uh, I was, look at his face if you look at the videos and stuff. You can tell by looking yeah. at his face. You know, he doesn't look like a big moose anymore. He was enormous last year when they were trying to make excuses for him. And uh, I would guess he's lost from his peak last spring. I, I would guess he's 30 now. Because he was close to 300, I think, when he was here last spring. They, the people were admitting to 293, and I think he was bigger than one. So, How about my hockey anyway. club, Patrick? Which one? The Wild. How about the Wild? You, <laughs> you were in Florida watching the Wild yesterday. I was excited about this. I wasn't. I didn't see this utter ineptitude. In fact, you know what we had? We had three straight channels. We had the Wild train wreck. Next next station, we had the Riviera train wreck with the wind blowing 30 miles an hour. These guys could make a two-foot pot. And the next channel, the Daytona 500, it looked like they, somebody was going to win it by getting out of the car and walking. There weren't going to be any cars left. They were smashed. They'd drive 100. They'd restart. They'd drive 100 yards. You'd get an idiot to try to run through a hole, and they'd have another 12 cars off there. It was, it was three straight train wrecks on there. And the Wild, by the way, held their open, held their own with the Daytona 500 for another Carnage. Boy, was that pathetic. Man. Hey, are we, is, is NASCAR ever going to make a, another run at it here? Are we? I, I think uh, the car culture is, uh, it's, it's going, you know, I just think a lot of people now 35 and under just don't keep a damn about cars anymore. You know, they'll, they'll call it Uber. They'll uh, do something else. Uh, <laughs> Uber crazy. crashes might be cool. Yeah, well, no, we had Uber, race, Uber drivers race. How That's long saying. did the Bonanza last? It didn't quite make 20 years, did it? 90? Maybe. maybe it, 90? What, what did it start? Yeah, maybe late 80s to middle of the last decade, but it's 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 going downhill fast, man. They're losing sponsorship like crazy. Yeah. But heck, in the mid-90s, that's what everybody was, all the businesses were trying to get in on, and it went, poof, I don't know uh, what happened. It's, uh, I don't know. Uh, but it's, uh, they got to be in a big panic, because they're, they had a good crowd at Daytona, but their crowds are down, and their ratings are down, and their sponsorships are down. Their sponsorships are so bad as Martin Truex won the title two years ago. Last year they were in the in the last four, and uh, they couldn't find a new sponsor for his team, and they had to fold it up. So yeah, I mean he's driving for somebody else, but the team, the Furniture Road team uh, from Denver, had to pack it in because they couldn't find a sponsor. Yeah, uh, Pat, give us your give us your best preview of Ricey Unchained for those listening right now. 
Well, I did a little tirade about the Gophers being such a collection of jackasses that on Saturday, uh, Jordan Murphy plays a game like that. You know, kind of the, the key game of the season, the game that allows them to stay alive. They beat Indiana. He plays great. He's a senior. And these morons don't let the media talk to him after a game. They, they, they range before the game who you're going to talk to. You got a chance to, you know, write something wonderful, uh, talk something wonderful, get some great quotes from this kid. And these morons don't make him available to the media. Uh, it's just unbelievable how stupid they are over there. And that's I just the start. It. I love it. And yes. that's and that's just a small <laughs> yeah. portion of Unchained. Plenty well, of Sano yeah. talk too. It, 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 it's too bad. Um, I didn't turn my Tourette's loose there in that one, but I would like to. <laughs> I would like to. I would like to. Well, that's why they like, call I it Unchained. Like, I would like to include the adjectives, but uh, we did not do that. All right, Pat. We'll see uh, you tomorrow. See you, Royce. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> And yes, Positive Pat does show up to save the day at the end with some positivity. Instead of Royce Unchained, Tourette's Unleashed. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Monday's the at 6. Oh Score North God. on 1500. I mean, we already got fat shaming, so why not? <laughs> let's just so let's go. Let's go all in. <laughs> this political correctness thing's got to pass at yeah. some point, right? And people might be wondering, too, where, okay, Royce Unchained, where can I find that? Well, if you used to subscribe to The Ride with Royce podcast you can find it on that same feed so it's just it's a new it's a new uh, rebranded version of it but you can also just google or search Roycey Unchained and subscribe did you guys ever get into NASCAR because I loved no. Dale Earnhardt and NASCAR for a large portion of the never, 90s never never came close yeah like I, I remember it got it really a comeback big. at this point it got huge and I didn't care so because there, there, there was that period of time where it got really really big and I didn't care this is going to sound awful, but I think it's true. <laughs> NASCAR's biggest bump ever, and I don't say this to be insulting in any way, shape, or form, so don't tweet me at Rami is tweeting. NASCAR's biggest bump ever in popularity was Dale Earnhardt dying in a race. It's probably true. Although I, w- I would also argue that it's the reason why people started to back away from NASCAR, too, because he was the figure and the most popular driver that brought it to national prominence with Jeff Gordon. And then he was just, it's not like a rivalry where, oh, man, the Celtics and the Lakers, and then the Lakers die, and they're gone. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to NASCAR. It was Patriots, Colts, Manning, Brady, and then, like, Peyton Manning is gone. But it brought a bunch of new eyes to it. It was it Because was, it wasn't just a sports news story at that point. It became a news story. Like, you, yeah. it, you, turned, right. on, you turned on CNN or, or whatever news channel. But or the sport was, was the huge at that news. time, right? Yeah. But yes, it was. Yeah. It was okay. like it was close to its peak. It probably right. went up another level. And so then it might have brought. Okay. And then it came crashing down. Yeah. No pun intended. No pun intended sorry. whatsoever. The puns are always intended on this show. <laughs> Insensitive lout. <laughs> You're so insensitive. I can't work here anymore. <laughs> I'm too upset. Until tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll right. be back. Yeah, of course. Oh, man. Yeah, keep keep your uh, random Minnesota athletes coming in to the to the Apple comments, too. Mackie and Judd with Rami. On demand at scorenorth.com and the all-new Score North mobile app. Unchained is next.